so when we we just got ready to start and father said he's ready and willing to get started on today's podcast does that mean that one week you were not willing and you just did it anyway i was not ready okay (laughs) but ready and willing i said that i am ready and willing and i believe that was the response that we had to say before we were ordained really not not the actual ordination ceremony yeah because they then then you simply say present mm-hmm. they call you by name and you say present yeah but there's somewhere and i don't i'd have to look it up there's a questionnaire they they ask you out loud are you uh do you accept this and do you accept that but there's the one the final question you answer i am ready and willing hmm isn't that a beautiful phrase? That is. It's very action-oriented. That, that is discipleship. I am ready and willing. So I think some people are willing, but they're not ready. They're not prepped. Some yeah. people are prepped, but they just don't have their heart in it. They're not going to respond. You have to say both, ready and willing. That's great. I'm going to make the musicians start saying that before Mass. Okay. Well, drums, ready and willing. Guitar, ready and willing. I, this is good. We're the gonna- bass, well, the bass player is never ready or willing. They just kind of go with it. Oh, oh. I bet, oh, you have two good baseball, base, I always said baseball, bass players. They're not baseballs. They are bass players. Bass players. And yes, Nick is wonderful. Tom is wonderful. I was just trying to make more of a, a You were trying to make a joke out of it at somebody else's expense. Ge- we understand. <laughs> uh, by well, the way, that is if you if you get upset with one of us, that is Michael, get- and I am Father Herb. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, I know. I, all right, back. Back to confession before Easter I go. <laughs> that was last week's topic. All right, friends, here we are, fifth Sunday of Lent. And just so you know, the sixth Sunday of Lent is also Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday. We will be reading from the Gospel of Luke. Yes. We've been reading from the Gospel of Luke all through Lent, except this week. We jump to John's Gospel. To John we go. This has been good. I, I told you a few weeks ago, I enjoy Sundays 3, 4, and 5 immensely just because we get to change up the gospel readings the first sunday is always the the uh, temptations yeah the second sunday is the transfiguration the sixth sunday is the passion account yeah i also have been enjoying i don't know about you but i've been enjoying some of the liturgical changes we made to you know the use of the confidier uh, the Son Kyrie, the apostles creed those no, are nice changes. nobody has commented to me in the last week or two about my uh, clarification in the bulletin. I know people always ask, well, what does Kyrie eleison really mean? Oh, the, the Greek. The Greek. Yeah. So I wrote about it. And then in the Apostles' Creed, when it says, he descended into hell. Oh, yeah, I saw I've that. had some people not only uh, wondering about it, asking questions over the years, mm-hmm. but almost um, scandalized by it. Yeah. I remember one woman was very upset. She just... She almost felt like she shouldn't go to church. That you, We say that Jesus went to hell. Oh, interesting. And I, I wanted to say lighten up a little bit. Well, I think it's it's good practice for the Apostles' Creed, especially if you are a regular prayer. Can you be a prayer? Yeah. You, one, one, who one who prays. Of you, the rosary. The rosary starts with the Apostles' Creed, not yeah. the Nicene Creed. Yeah. Thank God. The Nicene Creed would be a little too long for the It's nice to get that rosary in 20 minutes. The Nicene Creed would at least make it 23. And you've already got a podcast for that. So. Uh, very good. The 23 rosary. The, oh, that's not a terrible idea, actually. We'll talk about that later. Next, next slide. 
All right, so as Father Herb said, this week we go to John chapter 8. And chapter 8 comes right after chapter 7. Thank you. You're good at counting. You must have watched some Sesame Street when you were a kid. No, let's be... I, I predate Sesame Street. When did... Sesame Street came out in the 70s, probably. Oh, oh yeah, you were yeah. already a priest. I, I was ordained in the 70s. Well, you missed out on some... And I knew how to count. Some good children's programming. Uh, so John chapter 8, verses 1 to 11. So last week we had a rather long reading. This week it's a, a like a medium sized medium sized reading. reading, and I asked Michael if he would read the whole thing because it, it really is sort of like all connected. You can't really cut it in half. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him. He sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and, to be and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin any more. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. There's this is in Jerusalem. There's some good details in here. Yeah. yeah. This is in Jerusalem. Uh-huh. So they are getting closer already to the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. He's at the temple area. Now, people don't quite get it because we don't think of uh, porticos and courtyards, but the temple area was probably like a large, large city block. And there were many uh, little places. So there would be a courtyard here and a courtyard there, and there was the inner sanctum. And, you know, you, so the temple wasn't just one big building. Mm -hmm. So you could, people could hang out and people did hang out in the different area. Mm. But it was all considered holy, a holy area to be in. So to drag somebody that was guilty of sin, apparently guilty of sin, into the temple area, that in itself is sort of like saying, okay, this is serious stuff. Yeah. Now, Jesus was teaching. Okay, let's talk about that for a moment. So okay. as I was reading that, I thought, oh man, I want to know what he was saying. It's almost like, because we only get three years of Jesus' public ministry in the Gospels for the most part, right? Yeah. It's it's like, I want to get as much out of him as possible. He may have been saying uh, something that is recorded elsewhere. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, we have no, we have we, no idea. We have no idea, no. But it just, it made me think, oh, I would love to know what he was, what, and he what was, he was probably, saying there. I would dare say he was in the temple area, so he was probably talking about the temple of your own heart, or uh, a, a purity of of motivation, mm. 
because that's precisely what was not there for the scribes and the Pharisees. Sure. The people who dragged the woman there, the scribes and the Pharisees, two totally different groups. And the fact that they're working together, they're in cahoots, is not a good sign. Mm. It would like be like two different political parties, almost like coming together because you have a common enemy. But really, it wasn't so much about the woman as it was about testing Jesus. To exactly. See what he would... Exactly. So that's why we have to talk about who these groups were. The the scribes. The scribes were what we would dare say today were the scripture scholars. Mm-hmm. They literally a scribe is a person who inscribes or writes. So they would have been copying and studying the scriptures. That was their job. Mm -hmm. They were like the experts. If you wanted to know, well, what does the Bible say about uh, being caught in adultery? The scribe would know. Wouldn't it be great to bring a scribe to your computer nowadays and be like, watch this, and then show them copy-paste? It's called Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Just, hey, look, control C, control V. I can can do your whole career with two keystrokes. The Pharisee, on the other hand, notice I'm ignoring some of Michael's comments. The Pharisee, on the other (laughs) hand, uh, was a lay person. They they were not a priest of the church. They were not part of the hierarchy. It was a lay movement that went back maybe 100, 150 years before Jesus. Mm -hmm. And a, a group of laity said, we need to reform Judaism from within. And so they took it very, very much to heart. They were trying to be serious and maybe overly serious. And in the process, often worried about uh, the letter of the law more than the spirit of the law. Mm -hmm. And so they would create even laws to protect the law, Mm. law with a capital L. So Mm -hmm. to protect the, so that people would not inadvertently disobey the law of God, they would create little man-made laws. They even called them like little fences around the law. So if if I keep you from, it's a, we parents do that sometimes. You teach your child, don't touch the burner on the stove. Sure. The truth is you can touch the burner when the stove is off. Right. But we, we kind of like, we, we build that as a protection to say, we don't want somebody to overstep. Mm-hmm. So the Pharisees, meant well originally but over the years they became they got often got too caught up in the externals and that's why jesus often refers to them as being hypocrites Mm -hmm. okay so jesus lambasted the pharisees and the scribes any number of times like they were all about the letter of the law yeah we hear it come up time and time again oh yeah it's in in, in the scriptures okay so they had it out they were had it in their mind that they're going to trick Jesus. So you're right. It's not about the woman. In fact, she's kind of a pawn in the whole thing. That's the word I was going to use. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it was not about the woman. It was like she was a pawn. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, so uh, she was the pawn. And what Jesus did, though, is he he made her a person again. He yeah. started treating her with some dignity. Right. Now, according to the law of the Old Testament, uh, you, you had to have at least two witnesses to the crime of adultery. And it did say they would stone somebody. Now, stoning someone to death is pretty awful. But one of the reasons it's done is nobody is guilty of actually killing the person. 
You, or everybody is guilty. Sure. But it's not like one person says, oh, I'm the one who did it. Right. It's like the firing squad where everybody shoots, but there's only one person with an actual bullet in their gun. Oh, interesting. I've never heard of that. Oh, I don't. I don't know. If I don't do. know. What kind of crowds did you used to hang out with? <laughs> <laughs> uh, mur- murder is us. I don't know. <laughs> but but but, uh, but stoning was really kind of an awful thing. And unfortunately, it still is done. It's done in some countries today. Yeah. But it, it's usually it's kind of a, a mob approach. Mm. And so for them, you think of the Pharisees and the scribes and maybe some other people. They, you know, people just... Go along. They get. We've we've seen that happen. We saw it in the the January sixth attack on on uh, the on uh, the Capitol, Capitol, where mm-hmm. people just get caught up in the frenzy. Yeah, and they they may not be the leaders, but they end up doing some pretty dastardly things. Mm-hmm. So uh, people would. I don't know how they reconcile that when they go home afterwards. But anyway, so this is what happened, and. They were trying to trick Jesus. Now, if he said, okay, stoning is okay, then they, he would have been disavowing his own teachings about mercy. Mm. And of course, that's probably why this reading is chosen during Lent. Mm. It's about mercy and compassion. Sure. If he said, no, it's not okay to stone her, then they would say, okay, now we've got something to use against him. He's breaking the law. Yeah. So the religious law. Either way, they yeah. were going to try to catch him. And so Jesus is so good at giving a non-answer or a brand new answer. Yeah. And so he writes on the on the ground, which a lot of people get caught up in. Well, again, what was he writing? Yeah. There, and there's all kinds of theories. Some people theorize he was just writing the commandments. Yeah. Some people theorize that he was writing the sins of each of the persons that was standing there with a a, a stone in their hand. Sure. Uh, some people just theorize that he was just doodling, giving them time to think. I, I, I don't wonder so much what he was writing, but I wonder why John chose not to include it. I mean, it, was, it must have been... It was not that important. Yeah. What was important is that the people had to confront their own sinfulness and their lack of mercy and compassion with his willingness to tell her, don't sin anymore but nobody's condemning you. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I just love this image. Remember last week we talked about Jesus told the story of the prodigal son because he was being condemned for hanging out at the house of sinners. Mm. Uh, in the Zeffirelli movie of, gee, 30, 40 years ago, yeah. Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son while he's in the house of Matthew, who was a tax collector, a public sinner. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that image because it puts the two image, the, the two concepts together, that Jesus spent time with sinners. Mm-hmm. Here, it's, he's in the temple. So he's not in the house of a sinner. He's in a holy place. Mm-hmm. But the sinner is being brought in. And he says, this is also a house of compassion. Yeah. You know, the we talked about the woman becoming the pawn for, to further the agenda. Yeah. What the, a great word, a pawn. Yeah. <laughs> we already, we already did that. <laughs> um, the, but we talked about, you know, to furthering, furthering the agenda of the scribes and the Pharisees. I think a good reflection here too could be, 
when have we done you know when we, when have we taken away the dignity of another individual just to further our own agenda oh, to use way? yeah to use them as a prop yeah i think it's so easy to uh ignore the humanhood of someone mm -hmm. especially when it's somebody that we don't know very well, right? Yeah. We get caught up in, you know, even take <laughs> take traffic as an example. You know, we get caught up in being angry at a person driving too slow or driving too close or whatever it may be. Um, it's very easy to, to get angry at someone. But if it were somebody that you knew or it was your own, your own grandmother driving too slow in front of you, you'd probably be a little bit more patient. Well, if it was my grandma, I'd be shocked because she's been gone for a while. So, Well, I'm thinking of not just the driver, but that's actually a good example. But I'm thinking of what's going on right now with refugees. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the millions, and literally it's a couple million count right now yeah. of refugees uh, from Ukraine. But what about the other refugees? The refugees from uh, Northern Africa or Syria or south of the U.S. border. Yeah. There, there are others, and people are starting to categorize. Oh, this one is worthy of our time, and that one's not worthy. And I want to say, wait a minute, right? Whoa, you know, we're still discriminating. Sure. And and then, anytime you can dehumanize somebody, you can uh, you can do more dastardly things. If you stop forgetting that each person is a person, and each mother has a child, and each child has a family that's worried about them, mm -hmm. you know, if we could remember that, then we would treat people with compassion. Yeah. This gospel is reading is used during Lent, not just to tell us not to sin, and it does say that Jesus at the end says, uh, "Go and from now on, do not sin anymore." Mm -hmm. I mean, he says that. That's a a bold command but at the same time jesus does not condemn her mm. and she he treats her with dignity and respect and he doesn't even say i shouldn't be talking to you here in the temple he doesn't do anything like that he he says uh, is there anyone woman where are they uh by the way she didn't even have a name according to this mm -hmm. uh, names tend to personalize people sure as as no one condemned you, no one, sir. Well, then neither do I. So, she must have felt really relieved. What do you think her life was like afterwards? Well, it probably went from two very different highs, right? One one high of extreme humiliation. Okay, you don't call it, I you call that a high? Well, it's a emotional extreme expense extreme yeah. yeah. So to go from extreme humiliation, you know, how, how must she have felt being dragged in and being uh, exposed in that way to, on the other end of the spectrum, extreme gratitude, uh, you know, name whatever word you would like to use there, whether it's gratitude or happiness or um, relief or, you know, what other words she may have felt. It was probably a very high yep. and low day for and her. And we don't even know if, in fact, she was guilty. Sure. I was reading one commentator. It was really interesting. It was very 21st century. and was written by a woman. And she said, if you really look at it, because a woman in those days was so much uh, property for someone else, she could have been uh, in, in the process of being raped. Hmm. So... Uh, 
And this, this author finally says, we don't know and we never will know, but you could almost say it's a 50-50 chance mm. that somehow the whole thing was out of her control. So she was not necessarily a willing, a willing participant. Sure. How, how many times people condemn the victim? Mm. We blame, blame the victim for what's going on. Right. Yeah, that, that puts a whole different spin on this story. So what, what compassion is all about, compassion says, whether you're guilty or not, I'm still going to treat you with some dignity. I'm still going to say that you are a child of God. And it's, it's in that context that when I ask the question, what'd she do afterwards? I can't imagine that her life wasn't changed. Now, I don't know what she was like before, but I can't imagine that it wasn't changed somehow. I, you know, you always talk about wanting to write that, that book of, would you include this story in your... Oh, by, by all means. Unfortunately, this one has been used before. Uh, people conflate it. Sometimes they'll say, oh, this was Mary Magdalene. But we don't know. But we don't know that. Um, it's, it's, it's just uh, hypothetical. You know, you know me, I always like to look at the psalm response. Oh, please do. And this is another good one, probably a lesser known one this week from Psalm 126. I wouldn't say this is in the top 10 of everyone's favorite psalm responses, but I think it sums up what we were just talking about. And the response we sing this week will be, the Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. And perhaps that's a great word to summarize probably how she felt. Jesus did do something great for her, and she walked away filled with joy. But are we truly filled with joy when we recognize the things that Jesus has done in our life? And as we get ready for next week's Holy Week, when we kind of feel like we're getting into the very core of what Lent is all about, mm -hmm. there's still that message of joy. All right, let's get some joy, 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 joy down in our hearts. Deep in your heart. Down, yeah. deep or down? I got that joy, joy, joy down, down in my, my heart. heart. Yeah. Okay. My down, heart's down deep. My heart's like more in the middle of my body, not too down. If it were in my feet, that'd be weird. Well, enjoy your week. <laughs> I get ignored again. See ya. Bye. <laughs>